might have heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck, and this is yet another episode of Metal Tales from the Road. And this week we're talking about the show that just happened a few days ago in Portland, Oregon. And uh, live via Skype from the West Coast of the United States of America, we have our listener, patron, and friend, Jeremy Case. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, how's it going? It is going. Literally. It's, <laughs> the, it, the computer's recording right now. It's going. Are you zoning it, Ethan? I'm, I'm, zoning, you- I'm zoning it so hard right now. You have no idea. <laughs> I've got I've got a I've got a flowy blouse on like Bob Rock. Oh, nice! Um, my, my, you got the long flowing hair. Yeah, well, it's twirls <laughs> in a ponytail right now with a scrunchie. Uh, but oh, nice! I, I might throw on a Cosby sweater, uh, like old Phil towel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, thanks so nice much wrist for watch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, dude, thanks so much for being a part of this episode. Ah, thanks, thanks for having me, man. Thank you guys for what you guys do for the whole entire Metallica family and community, man. It's really awesome to just have a place where we can come and just just be, I guess, Metallica nerds for for a while and talk things Metallica, man. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it, it is. Uh, <laughs> we are in a dark den of Metallica nerdum over here at Metal Pure Podcast, and uh, it is it is cool. Uh, th- this community that has been built. It's already existed in the Metallica world, obviously, but like now this other sub community exists in in our podcast world, and it's really cool to be able to uh, look back on almost two years of the show, and now all of a sudden we're doing these little Metal Tales episodes and kind of getting one on one with the fans. It's it's been awesome, and it's so cool to hear everyone's story each time we talk to them. Absolutely, thanks. Thank you guys for allowing us to have this platform and this time to do this. It's really, it's really a special thing. Yeah, man, it is fun. Well, you, you are welcome, and I'm, we're honored that you listen and, and support us. And it, it does mean a lot to me and Clint. Um, well, let's uh, let's let the, the good people in the Metallica and Slash Metal Podcast universe get to know Jeremy Case a little bit. Uh, you live in Portland, Oregon. Well, yeah, a little bit outside of Portland, uh, a little bit north of it, in a little town called Forest Grove. But yeah, it's about. 25 30 minute drive to portland yeah okay so not not bad to go see the show yeah yeah not bad at all i i took the took the light rail in uh drove drove a little bit in and then because of traffic i i guess because portland's a really big growing city um i just I, I was smart i took the light rail in because uh right across the street from the venue where the show was going on there's another venue it's called the veterans memorial coliseum and there was a show going on that night as well, so I was just like, "Yeah, um, it's be- better off just to take the light rail and, um, you know, kind of dodge traffic that way, sort of speak." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, and also, you know, I'm sure parking would have been a nightmare with two shows going on oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, we'll get into we'll in a little bit get into the uh, the day of the show and stuff. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about when you first uh, came online with Metallica. What was that? holy shit moment where you heard whatever song or whatever record and how did that all go down so i mean um it was actually like so throughout my whole entire childhood i i gotta give a big shout out to my mom because my mom you know from i guess my mom got into him during the black album era from what i or probably a little bit before justice era Okay. And she had been a fan of them. And so throughout all my childhood, I, I can, I, 
I was never like really a Metallica fan throughout like the early stages of my childhood, but I remember just hearing like Enter Sandman and Sad But True in the car from time to time. I can look back at my memories and then there's this one memory I had where I my I was sitting in the backseat of the car and my mom my mom had just purchased the load album. Okay. And she kinda like her my aunt, her and my aunts are like all Metallica fans. And uh, she kinda looked she kinda looked at my aunt like the hell is this like because <laughs> she had she hadn't listened to him since like the black album so she's like this is not metallica at all she didn't like it she was like that's that sucked i was <laughs> like I, I didn't really even think but um the 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 time i came on is about like in high school so about tail end of 05 okay um uh, i guess uh, because my mom um i guess this is past post release of some kind of monster i guess it was being like sort of semi-syndicated on like vh1 right or one of those channels i can't remember which one probably mtv or vh1 one of the two sure and i just i remember watching it and i was just like man like these guys these guys are not just rock stars they're like they're like they're like human like <laughs> yeah. they're 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 actually human and they um they they i, I just didn't know and the, uh, i'm a type of person that likes to know how things tick and right, how things okay. go and one of the you know, things that got me into music as a whole is just like, I always want to know what it's like to record an album or what that process is like. And that shed light on that and more. And I was like, man, these guys are actually pretty cool. And then, so from there on, um, I remember, uh, just going to school and I one of a couple of uh, these other kids were like Metallica fans. And they were like, you want me to burn you some CDs? And I was like, Sure. Yeah. Cool. And I got like, I know that's kind of not the traditional way of going about discovering a band. You know, ideally you want to buy the albums and support the band and stuff. But well, sure. But I was, there's, 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 you know, you know, when I was young, we did, you know, tape trading and stuff. You make a copy of a tape for a friend because maybe he was, you know, young and couldn't afford to go buy it himself. Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, from there, I kind of actually just went back all the way to f the first album, Kill 'Em All, and kind of just propelled from there and then um i kind of remember uh i was just kind of digging through my basement one day and lo and behold my mom had the live shit bench and purge box set with the vhs's and cassettes yeah and 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 because i had an mp3 player at the time but lo and behold i also found a little um one of those walkman tape players yep totally <laughs> so yeah. i dug i dug that up and stuck my earphones in it and like just kept putting batteries and just i I would sit there and watch and watch and listen and watch. And I was just obsessed from then on, man. Like, cause I, I, cause you know, teenager, you start to get the kind of that attitude and Metallica had a lot of attitude in that, in that time. Like just that, just don't give a fuck attitude. Just, yeah, for sure. Let's rock and roll and go. And it just, I just kind of related to it and fell in line and connected with the music as well. Lyrically, I'm a lyric guy. So yeah, that's it was great. very, very it was very, very uh, soothing and, and kind of uh, a release in that area. That's awesome, man. And so it sounds like at a, at a very young age, your mom unknowingly planted the Metallica seeds, and it would take some time for your love of Metallica to grow and blossom into what it is today. <laughs> for, for sure, because I, I, I was, uh, I kind of like, I kind of grew up in kind of like, uh, I guess, post-grunge kind of alternative rock, so like Creed, Puddle of Mud, all that stuff, and so I guess my main complaint with Metallica up to that point was like, oh, there's too much guitar. There's, you know, whatever. There's not a lot, and I was just used to that used to that poppy alternative post grunge right. type stuff, yeah, where it's just all catchy and groove kind of. And but I kind of just 
I kind of, I don't know, something just kind of woken in me one day. I was like, 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 listen to it, listen to it. And it just turned out to be the best decision of my life, pretty much. Oh, absolutely, man. Especially when you're talking about bands like Creed or Puddle of Mud. I mean, there's no question, like, who the superior band is in that, in that, you know, fight. But uh, it, it is interesting, though, that there's, there's times where you listen to a band like Metallica and, like, you, you might be turned off by it at first um, because you're so into something else. But then when you really do sit down and pay attention to it and dive in, especially if you got a pair of headphones on or something to really hear everything, all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is really cool. This is kind of expanding my mind in music. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really, really cool. I, uh, it was, I, I can't say enough about it and it was awesome. So about tail end of 05 is when I came along. Very cool, man. Well, and then, thank, thanks mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you to my mom. She lives, uh, she lives actually, uh, like uh, I think an hour north of San Jose, uh, in California right now. Okay. So um, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly. She keeps telling me where it's at every time, and I just forget. But yeah. <laughs> and then um, my my first show I ever went to, because um, I'm from I'm originally from Colorado. Okay. So I I was born and raised there, and I spent. 25 years there of my life i'm 27 now so the 90 percent of my life so far up to this point i've spent there and uh my first concert was in the death magnetic tour world magnetic tour in 2008 um the, it was actually the night that president obama got elected to the first term november 4th 2008 at the pepsi center oh, cool. and uh yeah it was it was kind of weird because uh, it was kind of funny how that all happened because I originally had purchased tickets for the 100 level, like the first bowl off the floor. Yeah. And um, there's this guy who runs the local radio station there named Willie B from 106.7 KBPI. I think it's 107.9 something or now. Uh, he was at a booth and we just uh, – me and my best friend Jake – of like 16 years, we went there and we just saw him taking tickets and then giving people other tickets. We're like, what the hell's going on over Ooh, there? Upgrade. Yeah. And it, and it was, it was actually kind of, I didn't realize it, but it kind of sucks looking at it back at it now. Cause it just showed kind of how poorly the show sold. Um, unfortunately, uh, because there was room to just kind of upgrade people like that. So he was doing it to everybody. Well, and we got, I will say that that's not that's not a super uncommon thing to do, even though it may, it may have been a lot of tickets uh, that yeah. he was given out. Uh, the, uh, it arena shows, stadium shows, all sorts in whatever big venue shows. Um, a lot of times there are like a couple hundred tickets that are set aside for things like that, or VIP upgrades, or something like you're talking about, where a radio station guy gets like, "Hey, here's fifty tickets, upgrade people while you're out here." Yeah, and so we went and turned in our tickets. And, um, and it was funny cause my mom and my aunt were supposed to sit next beside us. We had four, four tickets all in a row and we were like, dude, we cannot pass this opportunity up. And we just gave him our tickets and he gave us floor seats. Amazing. And lo and behold, we went right in and, um, we were, we, we were on the rail first show, my first ever Metallica oh, show dude. right on the rail. And I got Kirk's pick. I got one of those black beach balls and I got a stick from Lars. Dude. It was like, it. It couldn't have been any better. Yeah, for like no, a first show. No joke, man. That that that. I mean, there's. Yeah, I mean, you can make up a couple of things that might have made it better, but I mean, for your very first show ever, that's pretty damn. That's a score right there, dude. And we got to see Damage Inc. I mean, yeah, totally, man. That's but, awesome. So <laughs> what, what would what you? Could, uh, so, I'm sorry. I so, know. Uh, go ahead. I uh, said, so what else could be better? How, how else? Could, I mean, 
next to meeting the band <laughs> right what else is there more to do <laughs> exactly man yeah i'll bet your mom was bummed like you know what i should get those tickets i got you into this band son you know the funny thing about that was is i kept looking back and i could see her and i was like i was so pumped when i caught that stick from lars i held it right up in the air and i looked back i was like mom i got the stick i got the stick and my my best friend jake is right next to me he's like dude put that down there are people reaching for that yeah no joke like, put it <laughs> Keep it down. <laughs> Mom, I got the right. stick. <laughs> great. I have this stick till this day. That's it's amazing. Awesome. Good, man. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Um, uh, so currently, what would you say is your uh, your favorite Metallica record? You know, just, just because of the sheer production power of it. And um, I don't know. Sometimes you just you hear music so powerful that it keeps ringing in your ears and there's nothing that keeps ringing in my ears to this day than the snare sound off the black album. Oh it's yeah. It's like machine gun power loud. Oh, so yeah. uh, the black album is my favorite album. I know I'm, I'm a big, you know, I, I love every damn album from Metallica. I mean, there's, there's uh, even St. Anger. I got to give it a little bit of love because of just the lyrics and that record was right for that time. You know, the band sure. needed that. You know, um, I, I, I really honestly, dude, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like kiss ass or anything, but there really hasn't been a Metallica song, I guess, off of Lulu there a little bit. Well, but yeah, we, we, we don't have to count that as a Metallica record. That was a collaboration record. It's not exactly. It's not part of the main discography, you know. But there hasn't been a Metallica song that I haven't heard that I didn't like, man, or an album, honestly, front to back. Like, yeah, I just, I'm one of those fans. <laughs> Dude, that's a, no, that dude. Hey, that's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, the Black Album. I mean, of course, it's their best-selling record. It's one of the best-selling records of all time. But I mean, I mean, God, I, I've been diving back into that record a bunch lately. Uh, me and my friend, who's also been listening to our podcast, named Jeff, uh, he started listening to it again, and for the first time since I think it came out, because he was like an old-school thrash guy. Black Album came out, and he was like, "Uh-uh, that's not my Metallica." But he te- <laughs> we, he actually he he texted me that he had rebought the Black Album. Started listening to it while he was on the road with his band. Then he called me and was like, "All right, dude, it's really fucking good." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I'm yeah, o- I'm older and I get it now." <laughs> like the and 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 the production on that, um, dude. The 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 uh, just that snare sound. I'm sorry, it just rings in my head. Oh, you're right, dude. You, you're especially like on uh, sad but true. Absolutely, that, gah, 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 like just yep that it's, or it's, like the uh, you know the first time you hear the snare drum on wherever I'm at Rome. I mean, yeah. it, it does. It sounds like a shotgun each time it gets hit. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that'll leave an imprint in your brain forever. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Well, let me let me ask you this. Uh, did you get hardwired right when it came out? And, and how did you feel about that record when you first uh, gave it a spin? Yeah, um, I, I actually did. Um, well, I didn't get hardwired. I sadly to admit that I do have Spotify, but the day it dropped, um, I, I streamed it. I was living in, I was living in Mesa, Arizona at the time. Um, okay. uh, just, uh, just right off the 202 loop out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just remember hearing, I, and, and before that though, I'd actually paid attention to when they dropped moth into flame, um, and hardwired as music videos. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh man! I was like, here, the, like, I was like, I thought they were back on Death Magnetic, but uh, even further into this album, I was like, man, they are not fucking around with this album. Oh, like, no. 
<laughs> they, they're, they're, I was like, I, I, it was something. There was seriously something that was played on a level that I honestly didn't expect from them at this time in their career. Yeah, and it man, totally. Blew, blew away my expectations completely. And I think it did to everybody. I don't think everybody was expecting this monumental of a record this at this point in Metallica's right. career. No, you're very, you're, you're very right, man. I mean, because I mean, I was the same way. Like when Death Magnetic came out, I was like, dude, the boys are back. This is awesome. Uh, you know, there was obviously the production issues, but I, I've learned to ignore that over the years. But then when, yeah. you know, same thing, when I, I remember sitting on the couch with my wife watching TV and they put a clip on Instagram of Hardwired with video, I was like, oh my God, I got to go. And I went down to my studio and just cranked it like 10 times. Yeah, it was, I just, I was just listening to it and it's just the first half of that record is like one punch in the face after the other. Yeah, it man. is just amazing. So uh, before we get into the day of the Portland show, is this uh, how many shows is this for you? Is this, like, is this only number two, or have you seen them more? This is this was number three for me. Okay, number three. Um, what, what was the other one? Uh, was last year. I actually flew back to Denver and saw the June seventh, two thousand seventeen show. And uh, um, well, the stadium is called Bronco Stadium at Mile High now, but it was Sports Authority Field at Mile High. Oh, okay. Uh, in Colorado, is this um, the uh, I, infamous show where the, light, the lightning storm happened? Yes, and because of it, we got cut out. Uh, Halo on fire, and nothing else matters. We got those songs cut because of sound curfew and time constraints. Right, but yeah. Uh, um, I, it, yeah, that show was crazy because I just remember feeling a little bit of rain, and I was like, okay, well, it's gonna rain a little bit. Cool, whatever. It was hot anyway that day. Yeah, I was like, it'll be a nice little cool off, and then the lightning just starts hitting, and I was like, oh, man. But I, I started panicking when I saw James and Kirk leave the stage. Like, they just kind of, they did, I think, Unforgiven, and then they just kind of came off, and I was like, oh, shit, here we go. And then, but the, the announcement of it is not canceled kind of just Ease my words. I was like, "All right, well, I guess we'll just sit here till it passes. They're not going to cancel it, so um, we had no choice but to wait it out." <laughs> hey, man, it's Metallica. It's worth it, right? Exactly. It's it was worth it, and I was I was on the second bowl. I guess what we call club level. Okay. In in the biz, in the arena biz, I That's guess right, yeah. I don't know <laughs> the club level, but uh, yeah, I was up there, so not too bad of seating. And I remember because I at the time when I was living in Arizona, I was actually working um, event staffing at the Glendale Stadium for the Cardinals, the Phoenix University of Phoenix Stadium. Right. Yeah. I was, and I could have I could have worked that show for free because it was coming to Glendale after that. But I flew back to Denver because Volbeat was on the Denver show, and they replaced them with Gojira on the Phoenix show. Oh. So I was like, I really wanted to see Volbeat because. I I heard nothing. I, I like their music, and then I heard nothing but great things about them live. So I wanted to come see them. Plus, it, it was good to be home. You know, it was my home state, so yeah, I got to sure. see all. Got to see some of my family. Spent the spent the few days with my best friend Jake. You know, and uh, we went to the show together, and it was a really cool time. That's great, man. That's so awesome. Um, well, I mean, speaking of shows, let's let's jump into the the Portland. Uh, show the other day you already kind of mentioned that you took the light rail in so you didn't have to worry about traffic and parking and all that stuff because the two shows going on uh did you get any uh did you buy an experience or do you just have floor tickets where, where were you sitting uh um unfortunately for this one i was uh in the cheap she- cheap seats excuse uh, okay. me um i was in section 312 but you know what um in the building that they have the moda center which is 
uh, known to most of the world, I guess, is the Rose Garden. Is that where the, tra- um, they, the Trailblazers play? Yeah, that's where the Trailblazers play. Okay. Um, I remember it as a Rose Garden because I'm a big basketball fan, and the, the Denver Nuggets are always in their division, so we play them a lot. So I remember it as the Rose Garden. Um, there's not a bad seat in that arena, quite honestly. That's um, cool. It's only, it's only a two-tier arena, technically. So oh, nice. It really, so I really got to take in a lot of the production side of things, which was I was really happy to because – um, I, I rode the rail once and I pretty much got what I, what I always wanted. So I was, I was kind of comfortable, uh, you know, and I had work the next morning at f- four o'clock. So wow, I was okay. like, I'm comfortable just relaxing up here and just taking it in because, uh, I, I gotta, I, I gotta go to work early. Yeah. I would do understandable. But I mean that, you know, sometimes when you're sitting kind of far back, it's nice to see the whole production. Like I, I didn't mean Clint did the same thing when we went to the Detroit show. Uh, and that was on the stadium run. Um, you know, we were pretty far away, but it was still cool to see the whole hundred percent of the production. And, you know, as much as I'd love to have been in the, in the snake pit back then, you know, we did get to see this, you know, everything they worked so hard to put together with the crew and it looked, it looked amazing. Um, did you, I meant to ask you before, did you, uh, was there any kind of pre-party you knew about, or did you even look that up? You know, I was trying to on the forums. I was like, Hey, is there anything going on? Um, no responses to my knowledge, um, but uh, I got there kind of like fifteen to twenty minutes before doors even opened. Okay, so uh, I got there fairly early. I was just because um, I wasn't sure whether they were going to have the Enternight Pilsners inside the arena that night. So I usually they'll post on their Instagram the bars around the area where right. they're going to have them. So I was kind of just watching that all day, and unfortunately they didn't. So oh no, that's a bummer. But the, the 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 beers were inside the arena this night, so happened to be so. So oh, I got okay. one when I when I got inside. Yeah, got it. Okay, did you try one? I did. I did, and I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I, I drink I drink Colorado beer because that's just where I'm. Coors Coors Light Blue Moon. Okay, you know, so tip, typically I'm kind of a kind of a lighter beer guy, and this was a bit dark, and I, I really didn't enjoy the taste of it. But you know what? Um, I tried it. And uh, I'm not going to hate on anybody who doesn't. I mean, or it, it, who it, does? It, who does like it? <laughs> you know it, what I mean? I mean, it is called it, called Enter Night. You can't expect it to be a light beer. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I just, um, I, I never really journeyed to the side of dark beer before, so yeah. it was kind of an experience. And I, I pers- I personally didn't like it, but um, everybody's taste buds and tastes are different. So absolutely, um, but yeah. I, I got to keep the can. <laughs> so I was like, that's, that's all I really wanted to. Cause I was like, this is Metallica's oh, first yeah. beer, you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> like, so I, I, it was kind of, a, I mean, technically, kind of a landmark thing. technically they did that one uh, collaboration with Budweiser in Canada. Did they really? Yeah. It was a couple years ago, I think. Um, yeah. I think you can find them on eBay and stuff still, but, uh, I mean, I, dude, I did the same thing when I was in, uh, in Europe one time and I was in Brussels at, at the delirium bar, which you can now get over in the U S their beer. It's great. Um, and they had just released the Iron Maiden Trooper beer, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And it was in bottles, not cans. I'm like, "I got to, nice. I got to order a couple of these and then take the bottles home." So and I, it was one for me, and then uh, n- n- excuse me for another friend of mine. And uh, yeah, so same thing. I was like, "I'm even this beer sucks. I'm going to finish it so that I can keep the bottle." But it was delicious nonetheless. And and is th- is that like a darker beer or is no? Uh, it's it's not super dark. I'd say it's 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 kind of just m- kind of in that mid range territory. Um, nice, I, I'm not a big dark beer fan either. Like I don't like Guinness yeah. stuff like that. I used to like Newcastle. Don't anymore. Um, I like lighter beers. Um, IPAs. I like too. 
yeah, yeah, cool. Because I, I, I've been meaning to try that, and I've been meaning to try it. Uh, no, Clint's not gonna like Mega Death Spear. Yeah, um, the Atul Lamond or something like that. Right. Is that what it's called? Yeah, they they, yeah. they picked the one song title that's like in French. They could have just called it like you know the, the Holy Wars Brew or something. Which much Hanger Eighteen, much ke- <laughs> much catchier. Yeah, ke- hey Kager Eighteen, Kager Eighteen. There you go. <laughs> there you go, Mustang. You like that? I don't like it. All right, fine. Um, <laughs> so. Tell that to the Reader's Digest. Yeah, drink your own. Oh, you can go drink Metallica beer. I did it first. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Here we go. Getting wet. Oh. All right. Um, uh, so let's kind of dive into the set list here. Um, I, I, I scanned it. I saw them post about it. Uh, there is some good love uh, for some, some a few deep cuts, but we'll, we'll, we'll just start running through it. Um, uh, I asked this of everybody. After you hear ACDC... Long way to the top, if you want to rock and roll. How do you feel every time the Ecstasy of Gold starts? Do you still get like chills? You're like, oh my god, it's happening, or you're like, yeah, whatever. Um, no, at this point, I I do. I still get that that kind of heart drop to your stomach feeling, like, uh, here we go, you know? Yeah. Uh, and because uh, I I I don't know, man. I just got a lot of passion for their music, so. Uh, I'm, who what what fan who isn't listening to this doesn't you know exactly but, um um you know i just i guess i kind of feel the same way they do really nervous um but really excited at the same time because it's like and and, and not only that i'm kind of really just when that happens i'm really trying to take it in because as you previously mentioned and it's been quite widely mentioned on this podcast is you know, we don't know when this is the last time until not saying that like anything bad or ill will is going to happen to them, but they really don't come to America that often. This was their first show, even in Portland in almost 10 years. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, they take a lot of time in between records, hopefully not eight years like they did after Death Magnetic. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to, you know, I, I saw two shows on the tour so far and I'm going to three more. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's good to, to take it all in and see them when you can. And, you know, and let's just be real. I mean, these dudes are in their 50s. Like, I'm not saying they can't tour into their 60s. I'm sure they will. But, like you said, if something were to happen, you know, health wise, uh, arthritis, something like that, who knows? Yeah, because cause sometimes nagging injuries catch up to you and it gets to be too much. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes. Well, and, and, and they take it, they, they take it, you know, pretty easy now and they're very smart about touring. They only do like two weeks yes. on and they take good breaks and they have like, you know, a massage therapist with them and, you know, yeah. all that stuff, which, but they got the money by all means do all that stuff that's, oh, yeah. that's going to make you the most comfortable you can to play a three-hour show two or three-hour show because it's metallica and we want those boys up on stage and we want the best best show they could possibly give us and that's yeah. what it takes to give us the best show that they possibly can and by all means whatever it takes hey man i'm all for it <laughs> yeah for sure well you got you got a great show here man let's jump into it so yeah how do you, uh this is every single show this has been happening but the hardwired and atlas rise one two punch do you do you, do you dig that I, I do i mean if you're touring a record what better way than to answer uh started off than with the with the first two with the title track and uh, first two tracks off of it there it was really good to start out the record when i first listened to it and it's a good way to start out the show i mean yeah. it's very high energy gets the and, and you know what it was so weird i don't know if it was because of the the week of the night of the or whatever um the the 
day of the week that it happened to be positioned that this show fell on. But the crowd, I don't like it was super energetic, but also very dead at times. Really? It was very weird. Like when they came out and they started playing that, everybody was still seated, at least in the in the seats. The, the floor was energetic all night long. Right, those yeah. guys, those guys are the conductors of everything. But everybody, because I, I kept glancing around the crowd at times, and everybody was just. For, see, I mean, there'd be a section here, a section here where there'd be standing people, but. I, I don't know. Maybe that was just because it was a Wednesday night, or or maybe uh, the fact that uh, marijuana is legal to purchase in Oregon. Maybe everyone was just yeah. high as fuck. <laughs> it could have been that as well. Yes, it very well could have been. Just throwing it out there. I, I don't know if that's the facts or not. I, I mean, I did smell weed uh, up where I was, but uh, I don't know. I couldn't get an exact count per se of who all was token and not. <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I was going to kind of agree with the point you made earlier is that I, I do love that they have been opening with hardware and Atlas rise on this whole album cycle. I've always been a, a fan of, of bands, you know, I mean, you have to play obviously your new stuff. You're put, you're promoting that record, but I love when they come out and play something right off the, right out of the gate from the new record. It's always been, especially if you already know the record and you've listened to it a bunch. Exactly. And they're good fucking songs. I mean, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, it's not like there's that coming too. out. Yeah, they're not like they're coming out and starting it with like I don't know, Sweet Amber or something. You know, it's 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 hardwired to self destruct in Atlas Rise. Like, yep. very good. You know, very good songs, powerful songs, energetic songs. Get the crowd going. Absolutely, yeah, man, that's awesome. And then from there we go right into Seek and Destroy, which is, this has kind of stayed in this slot for a lot of the tour. Um, you know, throwing out you start with two brand new songs, go straight back to your first record. And, uh, and I can't wait to see this, and you can tell me what you thought of it, is during this song, I've been told, you know, I've seen some photos uh, that there's, you know, the cubes and stuff. There's, like, old ticket stubs and flyers and old photos. It's, like, all old-school um, content on these cubes. Yeah, that, that, I think that's really awesome feature, you know. I mean, especially for all the, you know, because when, uh, when Jim Brewer came out to start it, you know, he's like, Where's my, you know, from 1985ers and below and all that stuff. And yeah. it's I, I'm sure it was even more special to them than it was to, per se, me, who was born like a month before the Black Album came out. And I, you know, didn't even, you know, I wasn't even thought of in those days. Um, right. You know, I, I, I'm sure it, it was very sentimental to them. And I can kind of see that, you know, I, I, I get that. I appreciate that. Um, cause it would be cool if you went to one of those concerts on the ride, the lightning tour, the master of puppets tour. And you, uh, I, I think though, Lars said they didn't roll into Portland until 86 or 85. Uh, okay. So, I mean, so the master of puppets era, you know, you went to the first time Metallica rolled through Portland. I mean, that would be something special to see up there, you know, or, oh, yeah. you know, you went on the black album tour, the justice tour. So I, I can appreciate that from that you know that empathetic point of view it's it would be really special and and who knows man if they're still playing when i get you know 15 years deep into it or something and oh look there's from the death magnetic tour yeah totally. <laughs> uh, the hardwired tour you know maybe oh, man, maybe metallica you know, in their mid 80s still touring and <laughs> i remember when hardwired came out <laughs> that's right james is getting on a walk they're all getting wheelchaired up there <laughs> yeah exactly they're they're about to re release the saint anger 30th anniversary box set oh man that would be 
<laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd fun. Be um, so you being a Black Album guy, you must have been so stoked when the next song they play is Holier Than Thou. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I was uh, I was all up in arms for this, for this song because um, I remember just when I went through and listened to the Black Album, just uh, before I actually had listened to the Black Album, though, I watched the live shit Benji Purge, and they showed the the clips of when it got released at the record stores and this guy, you see this guy in his car headbanging holier than thou. And I was like, I listened to those lyrics. I was like, what song is that? And I went and looked it up. I was like, man, this is a, this is a pretty banging song. This is oh, pretty yeah. uh, energetic. Like, and I love the lyrical, um, the, the lyrical meaning of the song as well. Like, sure, yeah. you know, I, it's like, to me, what it means to me is just like, you know, telling that asshole or something that you know that you're not above anybody or you know you're you know you're you don't don't judge people don't you know yeah just kind sure. of in, in in that arena and i'm all about that as a person like i i don't believe that anybody is above anybody for any specific reason or rhyme like they they i don't believe anybody should feel that way we're all equal as humans we're all human beings you know so it kind of just hit me on different levels and um, I loved it, man, because I, and I would always sit there and and watch stuff from that era, and I was like, man, I wish I could hear songs from those era be played now. And here it was, and they <laughs> and you got it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of hope to get a black album uh, deep cut. Um, I would love to see this or through the never. Um, yeah, I've been listening to through the never a lot lately, and I actually just for the first time ever figured out most of the rhythm of the song because I've, I've always kind of known the opening riff to, to through the never but just the other day i was kind of bored and i was just like i'm gonna learn the rhythm to this song it's uh, it's really fun to play but uh so yeah i'm hoping for a, a black album deep cut um it it, do, it does because like i'm a drum guy but i can i can I, I kind of fiddled with guitar a little bit and it does seem like it would be a fun rhythm part oh sure. it really is yeah it, and it's 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 a little master of puppetish too um, nice. Uh, which when when anyone kind of brings up that you know the black album wasn't thrashy, I mean that's that's a riff right there to me that is very thrashy, even though it's not a super fast drum beat. It's not double, not double time, but um, yeah. Anyways, anyways, back back to the the set list at hand. Um, Sorry. No, no, you're good. Hey, you know you've you listen to the show. We go on tangents all the time. Um, exactly. Uh, sanitarium next. This is one that I really want to. I really, really, really want to hear live. Yes, it was it was one I really wanted to hear live too, and I was so glad that they played this. And you know, um, it was so cool to see the way that the, I guess uh, the cubes, yeah. boxes, whatever you call them, I call it. Um, um, I call it. Uh, I, I I think I dubbed it that night uh, when Cubert's home came to Metallica show. <laughs> <laughs> it is like Cubert. <laughs> Right, totally. imagine Cubert just hopping off right there. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised you know the game Cubert. You're, you're, how do you? I'm 27, 27 but I okay. was I was raised right. Like my parents. Well, yeah. when I've your mom got I, you into Metallica, my, man. <laughs> exactly. When my when my parents started getting me into video games, I got an Atari, and then I got a Nintendo, and then I got a Super Nintendo. Oh, so okay. I, I I I went through all the game consoles as the technology started developing into what we have now as game consoles. But yeah, um, uh, but it, uh, it was back to my point. Um, I, I really enjoyed how when James came over to, um, I, I was in a corner, so I can't really describe what side of the stage it was cause it's in a round, but he came over and they dropped the cubes to make it look like 
it was sort of like a backdrop, sort of speak, or yeah. part of the part of him seeing that with the people trying to get out. And I thought that was really cool on a production standpoint. Like it really, I, I really hope we get to see a live DVD or something out of this tour because man, the production was just absolutely amazing throughout the whole show. I really hope I would love to get a live DVD out of this. Cause I mean, I mean, they're obviously filming every show, every single night, any band that has video content. I mean, that stuff is getting stored, you know? So, you know, <clears throat> take, you know, 25 songs the best of the best of your performances have old greg fiddleman mix it all and you got yourself a, a worldwide dvd kind of like uh how um slipknot did their 9.0 live album okay I haven't, seen, just, I haven't seen that one uh no it's, it's it was a it was a double disc release it wasn't yeah. a dvd uh but they basically because i would hear Corey taylor throughout dallas las vegas they, so they just took all their best performances from the cities of that tour i think okay. that was during some volume two subliminal versus tour so and they just took that and put it all on an album and said here's here's the best of what we had oh that's <laughs> cool that's awesome well listen yeah. l- listen up lars let's let's get a a, a, a worldwide dvd going and live album that would be awesome exactly lars we know you're listening oh yeah you know lars is listening hey buddy <laughs> um so moving on now that we're dead uh how do you feel about the song in general from hardwired you know it was um it's honestly one of I still struggled uh, and I still try to listen back through it today to try to figure out the exact meaning of the song, but I do appreciate it and I love it. I think it's like a nice fun kind of like groovy song and um, it, I really enjoy James Hetfield's vocals on this song. Yeah, I think they're really good. The, 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 the range in which he shows on his vocals on this are really awesome. Absolutely. I kind of feel like my, my, my best guess has always been that this song is about eternal life. Now that we're dead, my dear, we can be together. Now that we're dead, my dear, we can live forever. Yeah, like something along those lines. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of a big fan of death, so to speak, uh, just as far as a curiosity <laughs> standpoint. Because sure. it's like, I, I think we all are to a degree as human beings, you know. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what's going to happen? Um, so <laughs> yeah. what are your thoughts about this, uh, this, ex- this little drum, drum circle we've been calling it? <laughs> um, you know, I saw it during the, the stadium run. Right. Um, you know, uh, personally, um, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a really cool moment for James because he's kind of like a closet drummer. Yep. It's nice for him to come, come out of it and just kind of. Because it, it, you could even see that during like the live shit in San Diego when he's drum battling with Lars, like you can see that this that he took a love to it, and I think it's kind of cool for him. I Kirk, you know, he tries to smile, but I don't think he's really enjoying it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's a great way if they're having fun with it. Whatever. I mean, I personally don't really dig it. I would. Um, I'd rather have that fifteen minute breakdown of Seek and Destroy where James is like going to the crowd and having them sing it but right, you know yeah. <laughs> uh he probably can't do that because of his you know voice restrictions and all that this yeah these days but um you know uh, if they're all having fun and because sometimes you know i i am not i'm not in a, a touring artist but i have been kind of in around those circles a lot and the one thing i do know is that you got to kind of keep it loose and keep it fun somehow when you're out on tour because you try to play that strictly business game and it's just going to get 
burnt you're gonna burn out really quick yeah man no you're very right you have to you have to have fun with things you gotta you know lighten lighten things up a little bit from time to time and you know it just it keeps things fresh it keeps you from you know not going insane and uh you know in this case you know if like like you said if the boys are having fun great i'm all for it you know when i first saw it i was kind of like i don't really prefer this i don't really care for it however you know now that it's kind of it's been you know a two-year ride it's like okay well or a little, uh, it's been a little less than two years, I guess, uh, since they started this album cycle. But, um, but yeah, uh, uh, if they're happy, you know, I'm happy. And then they got smiles on their face hitting those drums. Great. Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, so they haven't done this for like two shows, but the next like Ride the Lightning, actually, this is the three, uh, three in a row Ride the Lightning little block. They've done a, yeah. they, they've been starting to do, uh, and they'll mix it up a little bit, but. I did notice uh, a couple of shows they have done this creeping death into bells into fade to black, which is that. I mean, you can't fuck with that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I think um, you know, besides the besides the deep cuts, some of the deep cuts on Ride the Lightning, um, this is the perfect three punch knockout for right, it. Yeah, you know, just just punch you one, except for really, I guess you can't really punch somebody. Yeah. I guess, I guess like fade to black is not a punch you in the face type song, but maybe at um, the end, maybe at the end. Yeah. But, uh, definitely a, what a great way to highlight such a, such a, a such a early landmark album in Metallica's history. Yeah, you know, exactly, the, man. I mean, it's, it, you know, and again, like, you know, those guys being in their fifties, you know, playing something like creeping death still or from the bell tolls. It's like, I mean, I, I don't think there's many songs they won't, you, you know, I mean, there's songs they have not ever played, and and they probably won't ever again. Maybe they played them a few times, like Escape or something. But it is cool that they, I mean, these guys in their fifties are still playing songs like this. Exactly. You know what? I, I although there wasn't that much pyro, and I know they're not really a fan of pyro. I kind of miss the I kind of miss the bang after into uh, on Creeping Death after he starts off the riff and they hit that. Oh they, yeah. I, yeah, I, if there's one thing I wish could have happened, it would have been that pyro bang, you know, <laughs> like a yeah. like, like a uh, concussion blast. Right? Just you know, let it, it didn't even have to be no sparks or anything. Just, right, exactly. Just a concussion blast would have just uh, uh, scratched my itch for me there. <laughs> See, I'm not a fan of those things, man. Every time I've gone to a show and those when the, one of those fuckers goes off, I I actually my my body naturally reacts and I duck. Like yeah, like it's something wrong just happened, you know, but. Luckily, like certain shows I've gone to, maybe I had a hookup of a friend that's on the tour or whatever. It's one of my first questions. If I know there's pyro, I'm like, hey, is there any concussion blast? And they're like, uh, yeah, I'm just on this one song. I'm like, just let me know where it is in the set and so I can plug my ears and not freak out like a little baby. <laughs> I know what you mean because, you know, I uh, in October, I went and saw Shinedown and Godsmack, that co-headlining tour. Oh, cool. And oh, oh my God, dude, Shinedown, they, it was like almost it was like every second song or every other song there was concussion blast after uh, concussion no like i can only i want to know what the production bill was for that show because they had lasers smoke pyro they had like this weird weaving winding stage i was like man the production was just it was so overwhelming to my eyes it was yeah. that good wow i was okay. like there's a lot going on here i mean if you so- ever get if you ever get a chance to go see them, they're going back out again for the Attention Attention Tour. Go see that show. Okay, yeah. I might check it and, out. Shinedown's pretty cool. And Brent Smith is from Nashville, so, you know, there's a little bit of a sentimental connection for which you there. Dude, which he's dude is a, that? He's the lead singer. Of Shinedown? Yeah, of Shinedown. Oh, cool. Yeah. For, uh, forgive me. I don't, he, I don't know much about Shinedown. Oh, um, that's okay. Uh, I had no idea that he... has got tremendous voice. Okay. And he lives here? 
Uh, I think he's from there. I don't know if he lives there right now, but I, def- I definitely know he came out of there. Um, I've followed Shine Down since their second album, but man, uh, if you ever want to see a good show too, that's acoustic. They're there. You can find it in its entirety on YouTube. It's their live acoustic show from Kansas City. Okay, that guy. That guy has so much range and key changes in his voice it's unreal he's probably when it's all said and done you look back to the annals of rock history probably in my opinion the one of the top 10 vocalists in rock history really like the guy the guy can belt it high high notes low notes baritone he can do it man the the guy is awesome in my opinion i don't i I know a lot of people are probably like yeah but i mean when you can go over to europe and win over maiden fans when you're opening for them that says a lot that does say that says a lot well i mean you're striking up a good offer here for me to go check out out shine down (laughs) more oh i would super highly recommend it and And i'm sure and i'm sure i've heard like some singles and stuff like on the radio uh, locally in nashville here um oh yeah but you know you have my word i will i will go uh, dip into some shine down and see how i feel about it it's awesome uh i highly recommend it (laughs) um (laughs) okay so uh Sorry, no, no tangent. <laughs> hey, stop! Hey, stop apologizing, man. I, I'm, I was out there with you, man. We we walked that plank together. Um, exactly. Well, coming back into the set list. So after Fade to Black, we get into the Doodle section. Which uh, did they play anything noteworthy? It was like a tribute to the city. You know, um, they said there. Man, I I know I'm gonna bomb this, and there's people listening to the show. It was this band, you stupid. You know what the <laughs> but, hell, bro. Yeah, come on, man. Drop the ball big time. What the hell? I'm, I'm done with this podcast. Probably lost like half the listeners right now. Yeah, it's no like, joke. yeah, screw the. Like, I went to listen to that Metal Tales and that Jeremy kid. He couldn't even name the band of which they covered the song for. What an idiot now. Um, okay, so I just, uh, was, I just quickly, uh, I still had uh, the set list open on setlist.fm. It says, uh, Taken by Surprise, a cover by a band called Poison Idea. Yeah, they're out of Portland, apparently. They're a punk band out of Portland. I don't and you know, know if what? I know that band. Huh. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said I don't know if I know that band, Poison yeah. Idea. I I didn't know it either, and I'm kind of, uh, you know, I've dabbled in punk rock a little bit, but I've never heard of that, you know, that band. But um, you know what? Surprisingly, I probably, if I were to go out and be a betting man, I would say that this is probably up to this point has been one of Rob's best vocal performances for that because okay. i mean, coming from suicidal tendencies and stuff like that he's he kind of has got that punk rock vibe to him you know with the with the bass and stuff so he oh, did yeah. the vocal and you know there, I, i'm not trying to dog on punk rock as a genre but you know there's man i, I gotta be Easy, careful with bro. the way I'm yeah yeah i'm gonna be um hey just blurt it out man because you know, whatever you say will probably apply to some punk rock band out there. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the whole genre as, uh, itself. Punk rock is more so a lifestyle than it is about... It's more of a lifestyle uh, than a death style, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, it's it's more of a lifestyle than it is like, you know, being sonically correctly sound or anything like that. You know, it's kind of just... So what I'm saying is that like, you know, I don't know. Um for for it being punk rock, I think it suits Rob well. I'm just gonna yeah. stay safe and say that because I don't want to piss half. Because <laughs> I, I understand and I love the punk rock lifestyle and the whole j- mantra of it. Believe me, like I've I've you know 
do what you want to just so long as you don't harm others, you know, be yourself, be right. free. I'm all about that, man. And so, but back to the point, I think this was probably one of Rob's better vocal performances. I thought it fit his style a little bit more. Kirk was great on guitar and cool. it happened. Cause yeah. yeah. Cause these are, cause these are, can be a bit questionable sometimes, you know, when they did the Prince one, people were kind of pissed yeah. off about that. They like, why would you do that? Shreds for that one. Yeah. And, and I yeah. watched it and it wasn't great, you know, but it's again, Going back to the, the the drums on now that we're dead, to me it's kind of like okay, even if they don't execute something great in this little doodle part, I've never been a huge fan of it. But a, it's a it's a break for Lars and James, and also if Robin Kirk are having fun, then let them have some fun. It lasts like a minute or two, and then we get to hear anesthesia. So what the fuck is the problem? Well, yeah, and then it gives James and Lars a break, and they much well deserve. They're you know they're. James is singing and Lars is pounding away on the drums. They need a break, you know, exactly. and, 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 and sometimes throughout the set, of, uh, throughout the set too, they would take little breaks and just leave some like little hanging, buzzing house music. Right. And, you know, r- rightfully so, because, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a walk in the park. Like Lars said, there's no, there's no senior tour for metal. There's no, exactly. <laughs> there's, well, and there's, there's not, no, you know, like, they're not in their twenties and thirties anymore. You know, it's like, it's, exactly it, it, this is just a fact like your 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 body changes like crazy when you get to, seem to be in your fi- i'm not even 50 yet but like even as, as someone who's 40 it's like i already notice things about my body that uh, i'm like wow i didn't feel that way when i was 25 years old so and it combine oh, yeah. that with, with playing a set list like this and yeah you need some little breather time here and there exactly exactly um so straight back to even more old school you got no remorse as your other old school slot Oh man, I I love this song because I would um I I when I started getting into Metallica, I would buy all their live DVDs, and so I bought Cunning Stunts, and there's yeah. the Kill Ride medley there, and one of the you know songs was No Remorse, and uh, it was it was genuinely a song I gravitated to when I first listened to Kill 'Em All, right? But um I I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I I love No Remorse. I think it's it's like it's one of those punch you in the face songs. It is. It really yeah, is. I, I love this one. There's some great riffs in this song. Um, this is another one that I, I should go back and relearn on guitar because there's some really cool, like the. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Um, I love all that stuff. Well, that's cool, man. I wouldn't. I mean, God, I have like this mental dream set list, but it keeps changing every time I look at what they're playing every night. I would love no remorse now. Now I'm changing my mind on things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we go into uh, a song your mom may not have loved back in the '90s, but we didn't get fuel. Fuel, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know it. It. it I, I love it personally. Right. Um, yeah, me too. I, I'm. I'm a huge. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Load and Reload records because, like I said, I'm a lyrical guy, and those are probably some, if not the most deepest lyrics on some subject matters that james has really dove into out of really any of the albums in metallica's history okay you know he kind of to me i think he dove deep emotionally through some of those songs and um i think it was kind of just one of those things that kind of i don't think he knew it at the time but inadvertently set the kind of just made him hold up a mirror to himself a little bit in life. Uh, probably not as much as he wanted to at the time, Sure, but, um, I, I, or just maybe just getting those things out without having to go to therapy or as they say, expose yourself. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's, you know, I, I can attest to this. I mean, I mean music, um, music is a therapy. So music I, is, is something that 
you know, if you're not going to see a therapist can be very helpful for people. And, and, uh, especially when you're writing lyrics, you know, you could write stuff that people, um, you know, they don't even know exactly what you're talking about, but you know, it, it, deep down inside, you know, exactly what you, you wrote about and it's helpful for yourself. Then that's great. Exactly. So, but yeah, fuel, what, what a really, really, um, what a really kick-ass song. Uh, love the fire. Now I was way up high, so I couldn't necessarily feel the flames. Right. Cause I was, I was up high, but I'm sure, man, Lars got blasted like three or four times. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like, good God, man, he's gotta be just like dying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like feeling I like mean, I did when I, when I lived in Arizona. Good yeah, exactly. God. <laughs> well, I mean, I, we talked about this on another uh, Metal Tales. I mean, I'm sure that his adrenaline's going so much by this part of the set. He might not even, yeah. he'll feel the heat, but it, man, it wouldn't bother him as opposed to if he was just standing there and all of a sudden it just happened, you know? Um, Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a great song and it's such a, the, the, the pyro is always great. I mean, you ha- obviously have a song called Fuel, you have to have fire happening and it always looks kick-ass. Yeah, and 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 then as some of these songs are going on, I just kind of remember like the older versions I listened to. So some of the like James Hetfield, the, the like the Hetfieldisms, like right, yeah. when, when, he, when he used to this song, like before he he hit with the Kirk solo, you go burn, motherfucker, burn, you know? Yeah, totally. So, like, so I'm just kind of like, because you know James now is he's not gonna, especially with some of these shows he brings his wife and his kids. He's not he's not gonna do all that and say fuck like a whole bunch of times yeah. you know in front of kids Maybe and a couple stuff, times so. he's got he's got to keep that edge a little bit but he's also got to still right. be, be papa het he got his fucks out on hardwired yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> he's like all right that's enough fucks for the night yeah totally <laughs> um so we, we get into the, the uh the drone world next with moth into flame how do the drones look from up top great man great um that's awesome uh, you know, I could, I could, cause I'm, because the way the arena sits, you know, you're kind of on top of everything the way you're, it's not like too much on top, but yeah. it was enough for me to see the trap doors slide up with them on. And I was actually sitting next to a guy who had been a fan of Metallica since the very beginning. And, you know, it was his first show. And I was like, and I was just kind of dropping hints like, man, you're going to love this part. Cause I, you know, I'd seen, I had seen when they debuted these things over in Europe on, they put it on YouTube. Yeah, totally. And I was like, wow, how cool is that? And it just kind of goes to show you that um, Metallica, the one, of the one of the cool things that I've loved about Metallica, and I'm sure a lot of people have, is that they're not, they kind of, after the first three or four albums, they kind of put into this mode where they're like, okay, well, we have to progress and we have to kind of evolve with the times. And I think this is an example of one of those things, evolving with that technology aspect of things and doing things that most artists aren't doing. I haven't seen any artist do anything close to this. No, I haven't either. Not at all. I'm sure artists will start doing it after this though. Yeah. They'll be like, Oh, I saw Metallica use these drones. Let's, let's do this. This, you know, Kanye or probably somebody, you know, I want drones too. Exactly. (laughs) Give me, give me some drones now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't, I I haven't seen that yet. Obviously they weren't doing that on the stadium run, but I'm, I'm stoked to see that one. Um, so speaking of the old shotgun snare drum, we got Sabbath True next. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was very um, you know a lot of memories came back for that one, you know, and like again, like I said, lyrically, I love that song because it's like it's a song speaking from two different perspectives, but at this at the end, you figure out it's the same 
person. And that just kind of, when I first heard that, it was like blew my mind. I was yeah. like, Oh my God. Like it's, it's, it's the voice in his head. Like it's, he's him. And sometimes, right, totally. um, sometimes when you may be going through a difficult time as a human being or something like that, sometimes you struggle with demons a little bit and you struggle with those voices in your head to, you know, that may not may pull you in a direction that you may necessarily not want to go in life. Right. Exactly. Um, or, or just because of certain things happened or something. And I can totally relate to that. And that, uh, that's what even, you know, gave me an emotional connection with that song as well as just loving it for the instrumental, uh, aspects of it and the vocal aspects. Like, um, I, I, ever since the record, I don't know, maybe if they just kind of doctored it up a little bit and, and, or, or dubbed it over in production, but the, the, the the absolute visceralness of his growl yeah. on that song on the recording of the black album is just iconic so iconic oh absolutely um and it just yeah it, 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 so when i connect to these songs and stuff it's multi-leveled things and just it's really amazing man and i i, I love the song just as much as any other song they've ever put out yeah really. i'm with you man I, I this song does not get old to me at all no, neither does the next song which is one i mean this is obviously we all know that they cannot play this in a full-length set um how did one sound uh, the other night sounded great man honestly um and you know the whole showing of the kind of i i don't know if they know these veterans or what's going on but showing the veterans and then parts of the music video before it hit uh that was really cool um yeah as, as an aspect of production wise and um you know like like you uh, when i first watched a music video it scared the shit out of me <laughs> i was <laughs> yeah, like exactly i mean i was like probably about 14 13 14 15 at the time so i mean like i wasn't like you know i have nightmares about it or anything but i just kind of think of like man what if you were just a torso and were deaf blind Good lord, that would just—that's scary to think about. Like, yeah, that'd be a bummer. <laughs> I get—I get scared just thinking about if I lost any one of my senses, like if I went deaf or I just went blind or something. That would yeah. be terrifying in itself. Let alone not having limbs or anything. That was very uh, what a what a way to make your debut on MTV. <laughs> yeah, no joke, man. Yeah, coming out coming out swinging for sure. They they for sure like. I mean, they 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 knew there was obviously a big buzz about them back then, but I mean, I don't know if they knew like okay, this video maybe. Maybe it won't be so you know so accept on MTV, which is why I think they started airing it in the middle of the night. But you know the phones ringing off the hook, and the next thing you know, right? They're this gigantic band. Um, <laughs> You're sitting there watching MTV, and you go like, listen to like hair metal songs about having good times of partying, and they're like, oh, so here's this guy now with all of his limbs detached, blowing off by a landmine, right. and uh, he can't hear or speak. So we're gonna we're gonna talk like probably I don't know probably put a a damper in some people's nights back then <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um so cl closing out the main set which is uh, this is this hasn't changed um we get puppets uh, uh, the most played metallica song ever uh yeah. they have to play it um was the crowd awake by this point when they played puppets oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. good <laughs> well, I, you know the one thing about the the crowd I could say is even though it looked dead at points, it never sounded dead. Oh, that's good. They were they were giving them hundred and ten percent all the time. It was it was going back a little bit to creeping death. I'm sorry, but that die chant was the loudest I'd ever heard in a show. Oh, Maybe it's because of the acoustic the acoustics in the arena or whatever. But 
they, they were loud, man. They were giving them, they were not short of noise. That's for yeah, sure. That's awesome. They, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty much steady noise all night. And man, it was, it was, it was about as energetic as I've, as I've seen a crowd from Metallica and, uh, puppets, you know, one of those iconic songs again, like, you know, um, I personally have witnessed family members struggle with drug addiction and right, yeah. things throughout my life. So it was a totally relatable song for me because of, I, you know, just kind of vicariously viewing it through their point of view and just understanding the whole mentality of that song is yeah, man. a very powerful thing. And, uh, you know, James Lars, Kirk and Rob ripping it, uh, Kirk was amazing on the solos all night long. Oh, good. That's you know, awesome. On couldn't be any more on point than, than than his than he could be, you know. Um, so it, it was great sound all the way around, and yeah, just an amazing song. Awesome man, probably well, one of the most iconic heavy metal songs of all time. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent. I'll go up ten more percent. <laughs> so for the encore, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the set list or not, but they have kind of started to rotate this one out again. You know, it's been it can be blackened or battery or something or uh, fight fire with fire. Um, were you stoked to get spit out the bone? Yes, I was very stoked because from the moment I listened to it on the record, um, I was like, man, I really hope they play this one live. And you know, they kind of, I think they did it once in the European run when they first started out the tour. Um, the, just the original tour for Hardwired. I think they only debuted it like maybe once before they came back over to the states. Right. And um, I was just like that night. I went to the one in Denver the, in June of last year. I was like, "Please let it be." And we got fight fire with fire, of course. And I wasn't really mad about that either. Right, but, of um, course, sure. But it was awesome to see it this time around, man. Because um, it, w- you never know. Not only do you not never know when you're going to see them next, but once an album cycle's done, you don't know if they're ever going to bring it back out again. Right? You know, yeah, the, that's very true. These, these types of songs, these types of deep cuts. So I just took it in for all what it was, and uh, there was actually a few circle pits going on in the floor. So oh, nice! The crowd was absolutely responsive to it and amped about it. Dude, that's so awesome. Well, and, yeah. uh, and you know, uh, because you, you you missed out on it in Denver, you got nothing else matters back in this set. Which this this yeah, the, the, the last two here obviously have not changed the entire album cycle. But wh- how do you feel about nothing else matters? You know, um, I think it's I think it's a like, you know, Metallica really doesn't have a lot of love songs. But I mean, if there is one, it's this one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's one you can dedicate to your wife or girlfriend or something. You know, they. It's, it's, uh, you know, the funny thing was, is when I went to my first ever Metallica show, which was again in Denver on the death magnetic tour, um, James sang this right in front of me on the rail. Oh, cool. And so that, and back, you know, then, you know, um, they didn't kick in with the drums to like second or third verse. So it, yeah, I like I, when they were I doing that so. where they were playing most of the song or, or I think, uh, at one point, um, I th- was it during the like Quebec magnetic DVD maybe on that tour they played, the entire thing up until the so, uh, up until the solo was just James. Yeah, yeah, and, Which and is so rad. I got I got like a good third or two thirds of that song just me and James right there uh, at that show in Denver in 08, which was cool. So yeah, it, um, it, I, I love Kirk's little lead into it, his little I guess 
I know you don't like the word, but doodle. That Another he, doodle, yeah, it's a doodle. Yeah, that he, that he does to lead into it. It's it's a great uh, kind of little break for the rest of the band and kind of just sets the tempo, gets it kind of calmed back down to go into a, a slower song like Nothing Else Matters. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, so closing it out, obviously, Enter Sandman, it's, the, you know, probably their second most played song ever. Um, obviously, you know, the crowd was going to love the song. Some people are, oh, yeah. are, are kind of over it, and it's like, oh, it's been overplayed or whatever. I still love the song. It's still the song that, you know, catapulted Metallica into what they've become today. And, you know, it's a classic, man. You can't you can't mess with this. Absolutely. Uh, I love it just as much as the first day I heard it when I was probably about four or five. Didn't know it was that. But I, you know, it's it's just so iconic. You can't you can't not not play that. You of just course, can't. Yeah. Of course not. <laughs> you know, it's just it's one of those songs there it doesn't matter, you know, it's been placed in two different spots of the set throughout the years. Uh but or I think like three or four maybe even, but you know, they're gonna play it every time. Yeah. It's like you know, it's 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 it wouldn't be a Metallica set without it. Yeah, I, you, I can't I, that's how I see it. Yeah, if you don't like the song, like deal with it because they're gonna play it. Dude, yeah, it's it's like it was like one of the biggest rock anthems of the whole entire '90s, you know. And it's a, it's a cornerstone song of that Black Album, and yeah, it, it's just so powerful to me as a song because it's it the the riffs, it's the the crunch of that guitar, that tone on that guitar is just it, it, not so much now, but um, back when it you know on the album, it's just. Man, you can't, you can't just, you just can't beat it. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, there's so much to say. I mean, we well, we did say a lot about the black album, but I accidentally deleted that episode. <laughs> we won't talk about that anymore. Um, we will, <laughs> we will redo that at some point. But yeah, it's a great I song. Hope so I mean, we will. I would it, love we, to hear we just, it. It was such a long, like you know, it was, a, it was, you know, let's listen to the entire record. It was like, okay, we need to take a break from that, and absolutely, you know, we don't want to like re-record it so quick that we're trying to remember what we said. It was, come back into it a few weeks or months later with fresh ears again and, and, and try exactly. one more time and I won't delete it next time. I promise everybody. Um, <clears throat> don't, don't delete that. I won't delete that. <laughs> don't you worry. Um, so yeah. And then of course they've been teasing the Fred Enzo Sandy outro. They've been doing that for a while. Um, yeah. it's just a fun little thing. It's like, plus yeah. especially a, a show like this, you know, you, we only got one song from justice. So yeah. Cause because I mean, for a little bit there, they were—I believe they were kind of doing the little outro bit with "Wasting My Hate." I could be wrong. Mm, um, I don't remember that, but I could be wrong too. Maybe, yeah. You know, I—I could have swore like in '08 when I—they they were kind of—I think it was uh, was kind of just one of those. Oh Sorry, I thought you. I think you meant on this tour. No, 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 no. Like before they they did the Freight Ends of Sanity thing, I believe they were just using the Wasting My Hate as the little out bit intro. Uh, right, okay, little, okay. Little outro bit there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, Freight, it was, it was great because, you know, um, you know, everybody, I think that's like one of the most demanded Metallica songs live that like, the, the diehards demand, you know, they, they want to see that. Well, they and, yeah, uh, they don't play it. You know, they, I think they've, what, they don't, they've played it like once or something. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I, cause I think everybody just likes the chant of it. You know, they, they want to do like the, the chant. Oh, of course. It is a sanity, you know, like that's cool. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, well, that's it, everybody. That's the set list. You heard it. You heard it here. 
maybe not first if you're at the show, but um, that's the run on the set list with Jeremy Case. Um, any parting thoughts, Jeremy? Well, I mean, uh, you know, as afterwards, you know, the, you know, they do all their stuff and they talk about, right. you know, Lars does his thing and, um, show just facts. a little quick, yeah, the show facts, you know, they rolled in and then he says at the end, we'll see you very soon. Well, I used to take that personally back when I saw him in 08 cause, uh, cause, um, from 08 till the last time I saw him, I was like, yeah, it's nine years. It's not soon, Lars. Whatever soon <laughs> is to you, that's not soon to me. Soon is like, like when I, when I tell somebody I'm going to see them soon, it's usually like in 15 minutes. Yeah, you, you don't, like, yeah. <laughs> you don't wait eight, eight years. <laughs> exactly. So, but what, but what kind of actually helped me grasp a mentality on that is I was listening to an interview with Clown from Slipknot and what he was saying was, is that. The reason why a lot of bands typically don't come to America like they used to is because we just simply have this spoiled attitude of, oh, I'll catch them next time. I'll catch them next time. And yeah. while, while that may not be Metallica's reasoning, um, they watch shit like that. They watch numbers. They watch things that are that are being, you know – on tour and and being moved and stuff you know they they pay attention to numbers and stuff of course yeah you have to they, you know they pay attention to things like that and um um so it, and and like he was saying like they would go over to like south america and chile and stuff and kids were selling their cars to come to their show oh well you people, know like i mean fans in south you know, america are absolutely insane in a, in a good yeah. way like it's crazy and fans in Europe are, are kind of that passionate too. Yeah, they love to they hear are. noise and stuff. And it's like that kind of put things in perspective. It's like, yeah, because I've done that before. I'm like, oh, I'll see that band next time. So if you're wondering why sometimes it takes a while for bands to come back, it's it, sell your car, okay? No. It could, I mean, it could, it, could, it could, with Metallica, for instance, it could, you know, maybe it's that, or, you know, I know that those dudes, it's like they're not going to, you know, tour the tour the entire country multiple times unless they've got something really quality to put out, and they're ready. You know, they're ready to share it with the whole country. You know, on a on a yeah, national tour. But um, you know, but I mean, God, this, by the time this record cycle's done, it'll be almost three years. Yeah, yeah, it, they've it's, given the world a lot. <laughs> yeah, they they have they have, and they you know they've shown the United States of America a lot of love this album cycle. Yes, more love than they ever showed them on Death Magnetic because they did one tour and that was it. Yeah, they, for this sure. time they came back around twice and they played smaller markets that they necessarily don't have to play as, oh, no, as big of a band as they are, which is really awesome too because it goes to show you how humble those guys really are and how much they don't, you know, they're not, they're just like us. They're, they're not above anybody, you know. Yeah. They're, they're just four, like James said, they're just four guys who are fans who got in a band. This could be you. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and um, I just think that's so awesome because, you know, in a world, and especially in music and entertainment, a lot of people play that card, like I'm too big for this city or too yeah. big to go play Alabama or whatever. And it's like, you know what, man, your fans are your fans and music is everywhere, especially now with the internet and uh, technology. It's right. everywhere. Exactly. That's a good, yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, Hey, those are some good parting words, by the way, you just bestowed upon us, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks um, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And honestly, man, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Uh, I know that everyone's going to dig this and, uh, <clears throat> And uh, yeah, I think that's gonna that's gonna do it for uh, the Metal Tales from the Road Portland, Oregon edition. So with that, we'll see see you later. Peace, adios, whatever else you want to say. 
remember, kids, you can't spell metal without Metallica. That's right. Hey, this is Ethan and Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon. That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show, to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show. Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Blackened, which is the official Metal Up Your Podcast Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects that Ethan and I might be involved in. There's all sorts of things you can look at on there and you can donate to. Go check it out, patreon.com slash metalupyourpodcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash metalupyourpodcast. And if you really think about it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month. So go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Adios.